Uh, if you don't know who I am, I'm Alex. I'm the youth and music and family director, minister guy here. Um, and I'm very privileged to share this word with you. Um, how have you been liking the sermon series so far? Thumbs up, thumbs sideways, or thumbs down? It's okay if you give me one of these. Yeah, have you enjoyed it thus far? So good, good. Steve's been holding down the fort, and I told him this week, reinforcements have arrived. Don't worry, we're back. So um, he said, oh, good, you're preaching. And I said, oh, well, hold on there, buddy. But no, it was, it was a, it's good. It's good to be home. Um, and I'm so thankful that uh, we get to talk about this this morning about listening is kind of what we're talking about. The chapter out of the, this book from Mike Frost, Surprise the World, um, this chapter that we're looking at this morning is all about what it means to listen to the Holy Spirit. Now, when I say the word Holy Spirit, some of you who grew up as good Lutherans are going, we don't talk about that thing. Well, just know he's not a thing. He's a guy. <laughs> he's a part of the Trinity. Nothing to be feared. He is the comforter, the helper. He wants to encourage you. The Holy Spirit is not something that comes to destroy us, but something that comes to empower us. Say that with me. The Holy Spirit comes to empower me today. Good. All right. Um, Let's see what we got. So, yeah, Surprise the World, week four. Listen, uh, the title that I gave um, this sermon this morning is Listening to the Holy Spirit's Promptings. Um, and if you've been with us, uh, the times that I get to preach, uh, I do usually have a, a theme verse or two. So our theme verses out of our scripture this morning for us, that we're going to kind of base a lot of our, our teaching around this morning, is John 14, 26 to 27. And it says this, but when the Father sends the advocate as my representative, this is Jesus speaking, that is the Holy Spirit, he will teach you everything and will remind you of everything I have told you. I am leaving you with a gift, peace of mind and heart. Peace of mind and heart. And the peace that I give uh, is a gift for uh, the world cannot give. So don't be troubled or afraid. So those are our verses. We're going to say those together in a little bit. We're going to come back to these. Um, but just let's go to our next one really quick. Um, this is, is kind of my first point for us this morning is this, is that the Holy Spirit is a person of the Trinity. The Holy Spirit is a person of the Trinity. What does God refer to himself as? God the Father. God the Mother? No. <laughs> God the Father is scriptural, right? He refers to himself as this kind of um, masculine um, entity, the Father, and then he comes as Jesus is the Son, okay, and then the Holy Spirit is the, that's good, good, good answer, <laughs> right? It's, it's, we understand that if the Father and the Son have this kind of masculine thing, I call the Holy Spirit He, because there's already two kind of masculine kind of uh, references there. So, yeah, I, I would understand that the Holy Spirit is a part of the Trinity. What's that? He's a person. My wife is a theology major, so she's going to give me notes all, all morning. But uh, he, he is a person. He is a person of the Trinity, right? We always say Father, Son, and Holy Scripture. Ooh, good, good. I'm testing you right now. Father, Son and Holy Spirit, right? This is a, the Trinity is this beautiful thing that is completely with, um, 
kind of grounded and okay within itself, right? That's the kind of cool thing. We're going to look at a picture in just a second. But let's say this together now that um, we've said this, is he is referred to as a he, not a what, but a who, okay? Let's say the theme verses together, and then we're going to look at a picture. Let's say this together. But when the Father sends the advocate as my representative, that is the Holy Spirit, he will teach you everything and will remind you of everything I have told you. I am leaving you with a gift, peace of mind and heart. And the peace I give is a gift the world cannot give. So don't be troubled or afraid. Good. Today we are learning about how the Holy Spirit is a person, not a thing. We're also understanding this morning that Jesus is is telling the disciples, and that's us too because we're disciples, we're just down the line, um, that we are receiving, the Holy Spirit is a gift. We need to recognize that, that the Holy Spirit is a gift, and the gift that he gives us is peace of mind and heart. This is something that the world cannot give us. Have we all learned that yet? Then why are tomorrow we going to go back and try to go to that thing that tries to give us that, that gift of peace of mind and heart? We keep going every day to these things in the world that give us peace of mind and heart. But what have we learned so far as humans? If it's not the Holy Spirit, it's going to fail us, right? It doesn't work. You got it, right? So, like, it does not work. And that's what we're going to kind of explore and kind of unpack a little bit this morning. Um, And I want to encourage you to think about what thing in my life do I keep going back to that just keeps failing me and it actually makes things worse, (laughs) right? So... Just think about that for yourself this morning, okay? So the Holy Spirit is, other translations say this, the Holy Spirit is the helper. So where it says, I'm sending you the advocate, other translations say helper, encourager, advocate, counselor, comforter, intercessor. Ooh, that's a good Pentecostal word that we never use. Intercessor. What does intercessor mean? Who knows what that is? It's okay, you can talk through it with me. Steve, what would you say an intercessor is? Ooh, what's that? A go-between. Ooh, they beat you to it. Sorry, buddy. All right, so a go-between, right? That's very good, very good job, yes. Like, a go-between, so someone who kind of stands in place. Um, Where do we see intercessors in our world today? Maybe in the court system? What's that? The Catholic Church, ooh, right. The pe- yeah, you go to your, you go to the priest to confess, right? That's actually a good example, yeah, right. Where else do we see an intercessor in the world today? Diplomacy. Explain that. You send a representative on behalf of a nation or people group. Very good. Oof. Dang, man, I'm going to be slapping my knee all morning for you, Steve. You're crushing it. Good. Right? So we understand that the Holy Spirit is this intercessor that when the Father looks at us, he sees his Son and the Spirit in the, in the midst of that is kind of this lens that he doesn't see. He sees our sin. He's not blind to our sin. But he sees them in, in kind of in this middle space of he goes, oh, you know, my kid, you have the Spirit. You're, we're good. 
I forgive you. Receive it. Go and sin no more. Right? So um, I have a, a few different things here. So we understand it to be like this. Um, let's go to the next slide. Say this with me uh, really quick. Say, Jesus never outgrew his dependence on his dad. <laughs> okay? So everything that Jesus does, he does out of depending on what the Father has first told him. What does Jesus do a lot? He kind of goes away by himself and he talks to who? God the Father, right? And he receives the word from the Lord, right? And then he goes and does this thing. And then if somebody's, you know, struggling, he's like, well, don't worry, I'm sending you the helper. <laughs> like, like, don't worry. So we're seeing how the Trinity is working in tandem with one another, Right, so the Father points to the Son, and the Son points to the Holy Spirit. And then, this is how it's kind of cool, the Holy Spirit points to the Son, and the Son points to the Father, right? So they're kind of pointing this way, and then it's kind of this way. So I did it like this. It's a cycle, right? It's like the repeat emoji that we see, right? Kind of like this thing that's constantly pointing in the same direction kind of a thing, right? Thank you, very good. Mary's on top of it with slides today. Um, so this is a great image. Uh, this is kind of like a kind of classic theological, if you're teaching about the Trinity image that you use, where God is, right, the Father. He is the Spirit, and he is the Son. But the Father is not the Spirit. The Spirit is not the Son, and the Son is not the Father. Does that make sense? It's a mystery. <laughs> That's what they told us in Bible college. I had a professor. I remember one time I was so deep in the weeds. And he goes, oh, my gosh, Duarte. Just embrace the mystery. That's what the early church fathers used to say. And then he pretty much was saying, get out of my office. Right? Like, leave me alone. But it's true. Like, here's the beautiful thing about the Trinity. We'll never, ever get it right. And every generation of Christians from the beginning of Christianity has not gotten the Trinity right. There's been some pretty weird attempts, right, Steve? At, at, in church history, ooh, there's been some really good moments and there's been a lot of really bad moments in trying to understand the Trinity. I don't want you to get into it too much in the weeds this morning. If you want to talk to either Steve or I after service, we'll meet you outside with the, the coffee and donuts. But if you want to get into that, but what we need to understand this morning is God is the Father, God is the Spirit, God is the Son, this is a, a, an entity that is working in tandem with one another. I had a youth student once ask me at a high school, he said, so why, if God is so okay with it himself, why do you make me? <sighs> Leave it to the seniors to ask the good questions, right? Such a good question. I said, I, I think that his whole goal was to teach us how to love. He's so perfect within himself. In creating us, he wanted us to know what love is and he showed us this perfect example within himself, and, and maybe we're supposed to do the same thing. That was a totally Holy Spirit answer. And he goes, okay, Mr. Alex, that's fine, and then he left. I guess that satisfied his, his answer that day, right? But we have to understand that in listening to God, we're actually listening to the Father. We're actually listening to the Son and the Spirit all together. So let's, let's look at this. I, I have this. Um, actually, we didn't do this yet. Let's go ahead and just do the video really quick of um, what we're kind of talking about from Mike Frost, and then we're going to continue with our message today. Okay, so the fourth 
missional habit. It starts with L, and it's to listen to the Holy Spirit. Now, I recognize that this is going to be one of the tougher of the habits to kind of get your head around. Most people get what it is to bless someone or to eat with someone. And of course, we get what it is to learn about Jesus. But in this one, I want to encourage you to consider the importance of habitually building a rhythm into your life where you create the space to actually listen to the promptings of the Holy Spirit. So the fourth missional habit is to do this once a week. Create enough space in your life where you can sit silently and hear the promptings of the Spirit. The reason why I'm, I'm suggesting this is because missional people, when we're engaging in the world, when we're engaging with unbelief, with injustice, uh, with brokenness, uh, when we're connecting to the kind of the rhythms and the lives of other people outside of the church, we really need to know what the Spirit would be saying to us in those contexts. Like, think of it this way. Just imagine that you can live your life along a spectrum where at one end you are completely withdrawn from the world, all your friends are Christians, everything you do is in the church, you have no engagement outside of the church. I know that's a creepy thing to imagine, but just imagine at one end of the spectrum, no connection to the world. And then at the other end of the spectrum, I want you to imagine complete immersion in culture. You live just like everybody else. There's no distinction between you and just all the other suburban or middle-class people that you happen to live with. Now, most people listening to this would say, well, neither of those are good places to be, and, and I would agree. It's not good to be completely withdrawn from the world, and of course, we're not called to look just like everybody else. The place actually we're called to be is somewhere in the middle of that spectrum, balancing our engagement in the world, but also our difference from the world, or as Jesus says, to be in the world, but not of the world. Now, the reason why I tell you all that, because I probably know you already know it, is this. That's the hardest place to find. Because if you're just totally withdrawn and only hanging out with Christians, all the other Christians basically show you how you should live. You haven't really got to think about it. Likewise, if you're just living like all the unbelievers that you're hanging out with, you haven't got to think about how you should conduct yourself. You just go with the flow. It's this space here in the middle. That's the tough place to find. How do you know whether you're meant to engage in this way, resist that, embrace this, laugh at that, contribute to this, resist doing that? I mean, how do you figure that out? There's no rule book. The only way you can know it is if you learn to listen to the Holy Spirit, to listen to the Spirit's promptings, to listen to the Spirit correcting you, rebuking you, encouraging you, to listen, to learn to listen to the Spirit saying to you, you shouldn't have stayed at that party that long, or you should have stayed at that party longer to listen to the Spirit saying to you, you should have kept talking to that person or you should have stopped talking to that person. You shouldn't have laughed at that joke. You should have laughed at that joke. I find the Spirit either encourages me or corrects me or rebukes me or prompts me to think about how I need to follow somebody up or uh, pursue a conversation even further. These are things that just wouldn't normally come to my mind if I was just conducting my normal lifestyle. I have to create the space to hear the Spirit's voice. So if you're going to be a highly missional person, the only way to do it effectively is to listen to the Spirit and you've got to create the space in your life for the Spirit to be able to speak to you uh, in those kinds of ways. Amen. Amen. Good stuff, right? Such a good teacher. Um, so he's talking about this middle space, right? Not being on one end of the spectrum or the other, but this is the hard part for us Christians today is 
how do I engage in this balance with the world? And how do I be just, you know, another one of the guys? Or, but how do I also be this Jesus person in the communities that I interact? Um, and what was his solution? To listen to who? Holy Spirit. Say that again. Who were we supposed to listen to? Holy Spirit. Very good. Right? So you didn't fall asleep during that video. Whew. All right. Right? But it's true. It's, it's this kind of balance. The only way to do that is to listen to the Holy Spirit. You know, we talked this morning as a band. We did a little devotion out of these scriptures. And um, last night, my family and I, we went swimming. Actually, our friends from our complex that we met in the swimming pool are here this morning. Good morning, you guys. Uh, they, they said, well, maybe we'll come to church with you tomorrow. And I said, come on. Um, so we got new best friends in the house today. But, but we, after we went swimming yesterday, I had this terrible earache. Um, and I mean, it really bothered me. I need to go to the doctor later today. My, this ear is kind of screwed up today. So if I sing out of tune, sorry. But, um, but something we talked about as a band is, um, Barbara is kind of bringing it up to us, is that, you know, if you have your ear is kind of off, your balance is off. Uh, like, I felt nauseous last night. I had a headache. Um, I couldn't sleep. I was restless. We see this with babies all the time when they even have a, have a little ear infection or something. You know, they're just restless. Um, and I think this is kind of the thing is when we don't listen to the Holy Spirit's promptings in our life, when we're trying to do this balancing act of am I in the world, am I not of the world, but if our ears are off, right, you start to feel seasick, right, like I did last night. Thankfully, after resting, listening to the Spirit, you know, like, whew, coming to church, my ears feel so much better today. It's crazy. I think we discount the power of God, brothers and sisters, like, beloved, he is a real guy, right? So let's kind of get into this a little bit. Um, this is a note that I put down. The, lo- the devil loves to keep us busy and distracted in the church. Is this true? Can I hear an amen? The, the devil loves to keep us busy as the church, as individuals, but as communities, spending all this time, energy, money on things that really don't matter. Right? I remember one day I was trying to make a flyer. Oh, this was this last week. I was making a flyer for a rodeo that I wanted to invite everybody to yesterday. Um, I spent, you know, like a good hour on it. Um, and then I, I called them and said, hey, is this in a free event from Westworld? And it was an 18 and older show that I didn't even realize. Good thing I didn't send it out to the preschool, right? Yikes. Could have been bad. But how much time did I spend just, oh, we're going to do this event? I was trying to have a, a good heart in it of doing this faith, you know, fellowship thing, go to the rodeo down at Westworld weekly, right? How easy, though, is it that the devil can distract us from things that what I really should have been doing was maybe just chatting with people, doing, like, I didn't need to spend all that time making a silly flyer. My heart might be good in what I'm trying to do, but that's not a space that we as a community of believers need to necessarily go hang out in, right? Yes, we can go do ministry in there, but if you struggle with that, don't do it, right? So the devil loves to keep the church distracted. His whole goal is to create all this noise around us so that you and I actually can't hear the voice and the spirit of God. So unfortunately, we settle for counterfeit or half-baked Jesus-y language that actually is not scripture, and it's not really his voice at all. So 
this is interesting. I think this is just a side note for us this morning. Beloved, um, we cannot become so busy and noncommittal that we actually can't hear or distinguish God's voice from other voices in our lives. And if we do not create space, intentional space to really hear from him, we're going to struggle for a long time. Um, I don't know about you, but I've realized since the pandemic that we as a society have become absolutely noncommittal. It's weird. And I don't think we mean to. I think we're just, this is where our society's at. Like, just receive grace. I'm not, I don't want to, like, make you feel like, gosh, I went to that church and that guy just made me feel terrible. No, that's not my goal this morning. But it's, it's important for us to have an honest conversation with Jesus and ourselves. Why have I become so committed to everything under the sun, but I, I cannot commit to hearing the word of God? Or taking time out of my busy schedule to really sit with God's word and listen to what my father has to say to me. Right? We are so insecure and so anxious and so depressed and have all these different emotions, but the one guy that's trying to tell us that we're okay, we just refuse to listen to him. Or we don't even take time, maybe we don't even notice that we need time in our schedule to even listen to our father. Our prayer life should involve a lot less talking and a lot more active listening. I have this, this picture up here for us this morning. Um, these are six key uh, active listening skills. Maybe you've seen this in, a, for those of you who are in the business world, maybe you've seen this in an HR presentation or something. Maybe if you're a manager, you know, make sure you're using your active listening skills, right? Um, so what do we have here? We have first, pay attention. That's pretty important, right? Second, withhold judgment, okay? Third, we need to reflect. Let it kind of sink in. Fourth, we need to ask the person, can you clarify something? Five, can you summarize this? Oh, I'm, I'm going to summarize back to you what you've just told me. And then six is share. I'm not really sure what those hands are sharing. Is it coins? Is it berries? I'm not really sure. But <laughs> in the church, we can kind of laugh at some of this stuff. But like, I think... But it's, it's good, right? Active listening skill, like when I was studying some psych classes, this is really important, right? To really, um, when you're trying to have a counseling conversation with somebody, you just get rid of, you turn off the music in your office. You, you know, you, you, sometimes you'll turn down the shades so that a car driving by doesn't drive. You just want to really focus in on that person. Eye contact, right? Um, even sometimes going, mm-hmm right, doing that sound, or not even making a sound, but helping them to feel validated in your facial expressions when they're talking with you, right? This is just very basic counseling skills. But friends, we need to have these kind of listening skills, not with just one another, but with the Holy Spirit. Now, where it says um, be non-judgmental, withhold judgment, if God's telling you something and convicting your spirit to change and attitude or behavior in your life, chill out. Don't be so defensive, right? I have lots of friends in my life that anytime you say anything to them, whoo, it's just like, well, you just, it's like, wait, can you just hear what I'm saying? Just like replace the toilet roll, right? <laughs> it's just like, right? It's, it's silly things like that. It's like, we need to, we need to listen. We need to withhold judgment. We need to reflect on what God is saying. We need to sometimes in our prayer life 
asked Jesus, can you help me understand, Lord, what you're really saying here? Because he loves to clarify, right? What did Jonah not do with God? Well, he jumped on a ship and went the other direction. He could have just asked God to clarify. I think God did clarify. He was just stubborn, right? Did he finally show up in Nineveh? Yay, good job, Jonah, right? And then we need to also summarize, maybe write down or say back to Jesus in your prayer, Lord, what I hear you saying is this, right? And then we need to share that good news with others, right? So I just have a few scriptures for us as we, as we kind of finish up this morning, which is this. Out of Daniel 6.10, um, this is Daniel praying in his room three times a day overlooking Jerusalem. Check this out. But when Daniel learned that the law had been signed, talking about this law of worshiping the king at the time instead of God, um, he went home and knelt down as usual in his upstairs room with its window towards Jerusalem over the city that he was there to serve. He prayed three times a day, just as he had always done, giving thanks to his God. And then we see in Matthew 6, 5, and 6, uh, Jesus is telling this about how we should pray. When you pray, don't be like the hypocrites who love to pray publicly on street corners and in the synagogues where everyone can see them. I tell you the truth, that is all the reward they will ever get. This is convicting for me as a worship leader because, you know, prayer is an important part of that. But when you pray, go away by yourself, right? Just like Mike Frost is saying in this, this video this morning, go and have time away, right? Go away by yourself. Shut the door behind you and pray to whose father? Your father in private. Then your father who sees everything will reward you. And then we have this classic example of, of hearing God's voice with Elijah, we've heard this story so many times. Let me read it to you, and then um, I just have one scripture up there that I'm going to look at for just a sec. But this is out of 1 Kings 19, 11 to 15. It says this, Go out and stand before me on the mountain, the Lord told him. And as soon, uh, and as Elijah stood there, the Lord passed by, and a mighty windstorm hit the mountain. You've heard the story before, probably. It was such a terrible blast that the rocks were torn loose, but the Lord was not in the wind. And after the wind, there was an earthquake, but the Lord was not in the earthquake. And after the earthquake, there was a fire, but the Lord was not in the fire. And after the fire, there was the sound of a gentle whisper. It goes on to say that when Elijah heard it, he wrapped his face in his cloak and went out and stood at the entrance of the cave. And a voice said to him, what are you doing here, Elijah? He replied, I have zealously served the Lord God Almighty, but the people of Israel have broken their covenant with you, torn down your altars, killed every one of your prophets, and I'm the only one left, and now they're trying to kill me too. Then the Lord told him, go back the same way you came and travel to the wilderness of Damascus. When you arrive there, anoint this guy and this guy, and it goes on and on and on. But it was in the gentle whisper of that space away that Elijah heard that. We've all heard that story, right? Wasn't in the mountain, wasn't wasn't when the wind, right? It was in that gentle whisper, the still small voice, some translations say, that Elijah actually heard the voice in the presence of God. So before we get really practical, we're gonna we're gonna look at this really quick. Um, something that Mike Frost was saying was. Balancing our engagement in the world, right? He's talking about this balance. We talked about it a little bit earlier. 
Think about it like this. The Holy Spirit, friends, is like a car with sensors. We live in this great time. Some of us have Teslas in the room. I'm so jealous. Don't covet your, you know, but it's like, but no, like we have these cars today that if somebody drives up next to you, what happens on your mirror? Maybe you have a little light that blinks or something, or maybe if you're a Tesla, Elon Musk is just driving it for you. Like, so remotely, I'm sure. But like, no, it's, it's kind of like where the Holy Spirit, like he's saying, you know, maybe you shouldn't have stayed at that party that long. Maybe you should have stayed longer to talk to that person. God is giving us this gift of a peace of mind and heart. The Holy Spirit is saying, let me be the sensor in your life that is you're following me. If something comes up alongside you that is dangerous, move aside. Or if something's coming up alongside you, stay there. Right? Do you see what I'm saying with this sensor ID idea? Right? Look for that blinking light from the Spirit. And if you're struggling with that, ask for help. If maybe this is the first time you've ever thought about any of these concepts, that's okay. There are people in this room that have been walking with the Holy Spirit and have had sensors going off for decades that we can learn from. So you're not alone. Okay? And I know, I'm looking at some of you in the room right now who I know know the Holy Spirit and know the promptings of the Spirit and listen well. So we're going to get practical for the last few minutes of this. Um, Let's practice. We're going to practice active listening right here, right now with your neighbor. Sound good? Oh, some of you are going, come on, Alex, I came here just to sit and not do anything. Sorry, Jesus is not some, like a, what's the, what's the phrase? You can't be a bystander to your own faith. Sorry, my wife said so, so sorry. Um, So let's do this, something practical. Let's look at the next one. Mike Frost says, set aside a designated time to listen. Eliminate distractions and let God in. Take out your phones and take a picture of that slide. This is where we participate with active listening. I'm dead serious. Everybody, if you have a phone, I know you all have smartphones. Some of you are looking at me. Come on, friends. Let's participate with the Spirit. Let's take a note of this for next week. This next week as we follow Jesus, I'll get out of the way. As we follow Jesus in the next week, let's set aside a designated time to listen right? Just spend a few minutes. Holy Spirit, who do you want me to talk to today? What do you want me to do today? Uh, Lord, interrupt my day is one of the best, scariest prayers you're ever going to pray in your life. We have to eliminate distractions. Let's get all that other stuff, all that other noise, all that static, get it out. And But we need to have a heart that's humble enough to really let God in, to let us kind of understand what he's, he's doing. All right, so here we go. We're going to end and we're going we're gonna to do this, and we're going to pray. For the next few minutes, what we're going to do is you're going to look to your neighbor, and if you don't have a neighbor, you have to get up in church, and you have to move and sit next to someone else. Whoa, this is crazy, Alex. This is groundbreaking. No, it's not. Just stand up, right? So we're going to stand up, and we're going to talk to our neighbor, and what you're going to do, this is a, a, something that we un- need to understand about active listening. If I said to you, well, it's pretty cloudy today, What's your response? What can your response be? One of two things. Yep, or you can say, mm-hmm, or nope. Like, that's not really good, like, open-ended questions, right? So our open-ended question this morning was, what was difficult about this morning for you? <laughs> and the person that you're sitting next to is going to just share on that for a minute. 
And what you need to do is you need to use your active listening skills. You're going to hear it out. No judging. We are a church. Come on, believers. Let's be Christians. Let's be, let's be loving. But we're going to listen to our neighbor, what they're saying, and we're going to say back to them, what I hear you saying is that. So we're going to practice this skill right here, right now, okay? So I'm going to have, can somebody set a timer? Zach, can you set a timer on your phone for three minutes? Thank you. He's a, he, what a guy. All right, and he's going to give me a thumbs up when our three minutes is over. All right, it's starting right now? Okay. Yes, oh, both parties are meant to have shared. And so just very briefly, what was difficult about this morning? And then reply back to them. What I hear you saying is that. Okay. All right, find a partner. Uh-oh. All right. Zach, Zach's ringtone went off. All right. Hey. Wasn't so bad, was it? No. Something Patty said in our conversation, which was so beautiful, which she says, um, she's, what did you say? You heard that? Here we go. Here I'm, I have to do this now. What I heard Patty saying was, um, that sometimes the Holy Spirit whispers to remind us how close he is. Am I getting the gist of what you said? Pass the test. Right? But how was that? It was nice, wasn't it? It's not hard. Um, I think we need to understand that about the Holy Spirit is it's a conversation. Prayer life, um, healthy prayer life, setting aside these distractions, doing this kind of stuff, it's just what we just did, but with our, our Father in heaven, um, sitting close to him in his word, really active listening, uh, I'm just receiving and saying back to him, what I hear you saying is blank. So this next week, as you go about your business, as we finish up this morning and we pray, I encourage you, go back one slide for me, Zach, would you? I encourage you to set aside a designated time to listen. It can be five minutes, you guys. Five minutes out of your whole week. Set aside a designated time to listen. And if you find yourself in that time that the Lord has given you, maybe he designated the time for you because you're so freaking busy that you won't sit down, receive it as a gift for you to have peace of mind and heart. It's a gift that the world cannot give. And he also says, do not be afraid. Right? That's what he encourages us with. So eliminate distractions and let God in for you to have transformed life, to receive the grace and the love that he has for you. Let's say our theme verse this morning together as we finish up, and then we'll pray. Here we go. Let's say it together. But when the Father sends the Advocate as my representative, that is the Holy Spirit, he will teach you everything and will remind you of everything I have told you. I am leaving you with a gift, peace of mind and heart. And the peace that I, keep going. (laughs) So don't be troubled or afraid. Maybe we need to do liturgy again so we can get that good rhythm back again. No, I don't like liturgy. But yeah, um, friends, good job. Was it painless? Do you feel encouraged? Let's pray. 
Holy Spirit, we thank you for this word this morning. We receive it. Jesus, thank you for sending us the counselor, the helper, the representative, the advocate um, into our lives to help us with the things that we struggle with. Thank you, Lord, for the Holy Spirit, for this gift that strengthens us from the inside out. Holy Spirit, we want to listen to you this week. Help us listen. Please reveal yourself to us in very practical ways. Help us to use our active listening skills. Um, Lord, teach us, train us, and encourage us to be more like your son, to be transformed by the renewing of our lives through your word and, and through the grace and second chances that you give us. So, Lord, thank you for an opportunity that we get to refocus this morning, lean in, listen in, and help us to just find that balance, Lord, in our lives of how do we engage in this area or this area. So just help us to listen, Lord, and may our church be transformed from the inside out of what this next season of ministry looks like. So, Lord, go before us, encourage us, and empower us to follow your word. Help us to listen. Amen.